Excuse me? Yes? Uh, are you here to record a podcast? I mean, this is the room they told me to come into. Okay. Um, what are you here for? Um, uh, something called, like, pizzazz my hat. Pizzazz my hat. Okay, that's weird, because... Okay, I'm here to record Pizza My Heart, which is, like, really similar, so either one of us is misreading or... Can I see the paper that you... Yeah, 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 here. Okay, it does say pizzazz my hat. Okay. Uh, what do you talk about on your podcast? How to pizzazz your hat, man. <laughs> How do you what do, do you that? What do you think? Well, you I can mean, add I... glitter. You can add pins. You can add patches. You can add pom-poms or little uh, propellers, you know. Wow. You can go through with whiteout and correct people's misspellings. <laughs> Or just like, Does it happen a lot? On yeah, hats? well, a lot of people come in now that the election is over with their MAGA hats and they want to repurpose them. So we got to cover that stuff up, tie dye them, you know. Uh huh. People, Keep- people are going from wearing "Make America Great Again" hats to tie dyed hats with whited out, well, redded out text. Yeah. What do lot, they normally want to pe- change it to? Oh, a lot of people just want to put a patch over it entirely. Okay. Just keep the structure of the hat because it's a fine hat. It covers yeah. <laughs> your eyes. The hat itself, a there's nothing wrong with. A notoriously well-constructed hat. Yeah, you know, it, it gets the job done for a person who needs to get the job done. But they don't want it to say that stuff anymore, so you got to pizzazz it. So we're kind of in the repurposing uh, like work of you know helping people overcome you know, a really difficult time in their life and kind of accept that that was a dark side of them, but move on. It's shadow work, really. It's shadow work. <laughs> okay. I No, I get it. Uh, so you're just helping, you're just helping the supporter, you're helping fascist sympathizers reintegrate society by changing their hats. Yeah, but they also have to make actual changes <laughs> as you go through. Everything oh, okay. is symbolic of their personal changes and growth and certain things that they accomplish... You know, they don't get chips like an AA. They get to soup up a new part of their hat until they fully accepted themselves, forgiven themselves, and can make better choices each and every day. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, Because as my hat. Sounds like a great podcast. Uh, This is Pizza My Heart, uh, where we talk about instant food uh, or have food-based discussions. (laughs) Um, And we talk about bands that you probably haven't heard of before. My oh. name is Evan, and um, you're you're Katie, and you're the host of this podcast. Oh, I am. Yeah, you are. You. Wow. You know, I heard that theory about like shifting into another reality, but I guess I, <laughs> I really lucked out when I shifted into this one, because this yeah, is a lot to... cooler than pizzazzing hats. Not that their purpose is not important, but I'm glad that I'm actually here. Yeah, we're just two people talking about things i mean i don't exactly know how the pizza pizza, oh sorry i don't exactly know how the pizzazz my hat translates to the audio format since you can't really see the hat but um i'm glad to have you in this uh particular extant reality um what are we going to talk about today katie well since we're not talking about hats i guess we should talk about food you can eat out of a hat and uh we're gonna listen to some cosmonauts and their cassettes. That's, I don't, okay, I don't exactly know. Um, give me an example of three foods that you can comfortably eat out of a hat. Popcorn.
popcorn, peanuts, yep. Yep. potato chips, the three P's yeah. of hat eating. <laughs> Great options. Uh, wait, the first one was corn. Katie, what are you talking about? Popcorn. <gasps> corn? Pop. Oh, popcorn. Pop- popcorn. Okay. Corn. You just, you pronounce, oh, is, oh, you pronounce it like corn? No, I said popcorn. Oh, did you? I did. Okay, it cut it cut off for me. I thought you just said corn. No, but I guess you could eat corn out of the hat. You just have to drain it really well first, and be yeah. cool with butter stains on your hat. Or you drain it through the holes in the top of the hat that some of them have. Oh yeah, the like ventilation for your head sweat. Yeah, your head ventilation. Yeah, I do actually. I so I can't actually eat corn anymore because I'm trying to cut down on my sodium intake, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about today. Because like. We don't have foods that we can, like what instant food doesn't have 100% of your daily value of sodium? It's literally all of them do. So I wanted just to talk about like fun ways that I've like revolutionized my personal food consumption, which is to say literally making any healthy decisions at all. Wow. Um, I think that's awesome that you're finally taking charge of that. Yeah, got, the as boy's as, got high blood pressure. Yeah, as long as I've known you, we've looked at the sodium of every food we've tried, and you're like, nah, it's fine. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't fine. Um, but because it's like it's not actively killing me, right? But it like long term is. So mm-hmm. I just care more about that now. Now that I like live by myself and I can make all these good decisions, and it's like easier. It, it yeah. makes sense to do it. Um, so I just wanted to talk about like so when I visited my parents for Christmas. My dad had this Wait a second. cereal brand. Yeah, Before we talk about any salt, should we say what we really are? I introduced the podcast. Sorry, continue. Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, you, we were, you were so deep in the role play that you didn't even realize I was actually doing a real introduction. <laughs> I guess so. Sorry. Continue. Continue with your story. Okay. Yeah, so uh, when I visited my dad, who's listening, hi, dad, he had found this cereal at this, like, health food store that he goes to. It's called Magic Spoon, Mm. and it's, like, grain-free, which is wild. I think it—I tried to find what it's made out of. I think it's made out of, like, whey protein or something Mm. like that, like whey protein and, like, lactose protein, but not, like, actually milk. Like, Mm. it's—I don't exactly know how it works— but it tastes good. It's got no sugar. Uh, it uses like a different kind of sweetener and it's got like 11 grams of protein, which is wild. Like it's so crazy what your actual diet has to be like in order to hit all your daily values and not go over in anything. Oh, you know? I know. But, yeah. I don't follow yeah. any of that TBH. Yeah. I mean, like who, who really does, but cause also like, what does it mean? Get, like, everyone's different. You really want to like talk to a doctor or a nutritionist or whatever. Yeah. But, I feel like famous people who have nutritionists who live in their house probably do. Oh yeah. But then they're also like, here's, here's an unbelievably expensive way to make anything taste good. You can afford that. So it's like, all right. True. Well, how much does that matter? Um, but yeah, this cereal is like really good. It tastes pretty solid. Similarly to other things, like one of the main ones I've had is the like it's Fruity Loops, basically, or Fruit Loops. Fruity Loops is the digital audio workstation, but um, <laughs> it tastes pretty good. Like it's pretty solid, and it's like kind of chalky because it's like not made out of actually grain, but it's like not 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 badly. Like, I guess not chalky, but like sandy, I guess. 
just because it's like it breaks down to a different consistency that you wouldn't expect, but it's like not in any way like really detracting. It's just different. Um, and that's really good. So like my standard day now that I bought like more boxes of that is like I have a bowl of that and then I have like avocado toast because I'm a millennial and I have spent so much money on avocados over the past couple of weeks. I could have bought like two houses, you know. Um, I made you avocado toast once. I think. Yeah, you did. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like to add cayenne. I had that on mine yesterday, actually. Yeah. I like to add cayenne and garlic powder. Mm. And I like to add um, a little um, a little olive oil when I mix it and then maybe to put a radish ooh. on top. Oh, that sounds good. A little or a bit little, of crunch, too. Yeah, or like a little bit of arugula, like underneath, like a bed of arugula, you know, just to get some extra nutrients in there. Mm-hmm. Just to make it taste a little bit less good. I get that. I um, like arugula. I, I hear some people do, so I guess wow. I Wow. I think it's like cilantro. You, It tastes good or it tastes bad, depending <laughs> on your tongue. I'm, I mean, it's like, it's just bitter. So some people just like bitter food, and I don't really, um, mm. which is why having, like, cutting down on salt has been really hard, and I've had to, like find ways around it like i think avocados taste pretty nice default mm-hmm. um i did have an underripe avocado the other day and it was genuinely very hard to eat like not good at all i also like whenever you see it it's like cut into slices right but that's not how you want to do it i just scoop it out and then mash it down into the bread with a fork and that's Same. like yeah and then i squeeze some lemon on it put some sesame mm. seeds uh mm. pepper garlic powder cayenne paprika Maybe cheese, maybe some cilantro or green onion if I have it, depending on how much I want to cut something before I make it. And I put a little fried egg on top. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. like I want you to make me breakfast. I will. Um, that Once sounds we really can good. Inhabit a house. Yeah. That sounds really good. What's your go? You were telling me that your go to healthy is like you just have a salad. You've just, you've just made the conscious brain decision to eat salad. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, I, I'm a big person who's like, I can't tell if I'm hungry. I can't tell if I'm thirsty. I can't tell if I need a snack or a four-course meal. So in those moments where I'm like, I'm not really sure, I don't really know what I want to eat, it's usually when I end up eating on accident like a whole bag of potato chips or something. Yeah. So instead, I've just been making a salad. And it's actually really fast. For some reason, I thought salad took so long to make, but it doesn't have to. So it's real yeah. basic. I get I get lots of do? like green mixes because I have to feed my tortoise. So right mm-hmm. now it's a spinach, kale, and chard mix. And so I take a handful of that and then I put some olive oil on it. And then I add a little diced, if I have it, or just powdered garlic because it doesn't really matter which one. I do some crushed mm-hmm. red peppers, a little bit of salt, a little bit of black pepper. Then I add some crushed walnuts that I usually have on hand for snacking. And then I'll, I'll, mm. I'll get some... Uh, some goat cheese, and then I toss it. I was it. hoping you were going to say goat cheese. Yeah, I love goat cheese, especially because I'm also lactose intolerant. Um, and goats don't have lactose in their dairy products. So oh, you nice. can eat goat cheese and sheep cheese. So I also really like manchego and have less, you know, issues. Sheep cheese. Yeah. Sheep cheese. Sheep cheese. It's good. Sheep and cheese. then I just do that instead of eating an entire bag of potato chips. And actually, I think I've gotten fatter. Um, because before I did this and I was wearing my pants and I I haven't stopped wearing pants through this entire experience of COVID. I still wear. Never taken a pair of pants off. 
No, I'm a never. No, I uh, I'll wear like sweatpants <laughs> on the weekend, but during the weekday to feel confident, I need to wear like work clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still get dressed every day, and I wear jeans a lot. So my size hasn't really changed, even given like my eating habit changes. But since I switched to eating more vegetables, I've noticed that some of my pants actually now fit me properly and I don't need a belt for them anymore, which is fine. Um, no. But if, if it continues going this way, they won't fit me properly anymore and they'll be too small. So I'm not really sure. What about maybe now that I have more nutrients in my body, I'm healthier? It could be, it, it could be that, that, yeah, your weight is not uh, an indicator of your of your health. No. You know, so like, I mean, it's it's literally just like how many calories you're eating and you could just be eating more calories of salad than you were eating of potato chips, you know? Yeah. Also, um, I ate so many carbs and that just all turns into like sugar and not other stuff. Yeah. So maybe I'm like actually retaining nutrients and like also Ooh. maybe I'm actually like having to go to the bathroom more mm. and I've yeah. been drinking more water too. So I think between like being hydrated and having to poop. I just yeah. am I just am a normal person now and less thin. Classic. Yeah. I went to the store the other day, couldn't find any Swiss chard. Apparently, that shit's got so much potassium in it. Avocados also have a lot of potassium. People talk about bananas as the like epitome of potassium content in a single food item, but they don't. They really don't have like a crazy amount. And potassium is actually something that like allows salt to have less of a negative impact on your body. Like they keep each other in balance. And it's just like really hard to get a lot of potassium unless you're taking supplements, you know? Mm. Um, and it's apparently Swiss chard is really good for that. Oh, um, I so just I'm like to, to make greens. That. I like to make Italian greens out of it. But yeah, it's good to know about avocados because I don't eat fruit at all. But I guess avocado is a fruit, but I don't eat sweet fruits yeah. at all. Like I'll only eat tomatoes and avocados. That's it. Um, so yeah. I just always assumed I just didn't get any of those nutrients, but maybe I'm just fine because I do like avocados. Yeah. They're a very good food item. They're just kind of, they can be kind of a pain to time unless you're like used to it. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, I bought five avocados. I mean, I bought four avocados because I labeled them as four when I actually put five in the bag, just like a little steal, just to do a little <laughs> stealing. You know, just for fun. Um, just to keep your hand in, keep practice up in case you ever need to yeah, steal exactly. something bigger than an avocado. Right, yeah, like I stole a, I stole a extra large Mr. Good Bar from Walmart the other day just for fun. Like it was like ah. the least expensive thing I was buying, you know? It was mm-hmm. just kind of, just kind of keep that, yeah, exactly. Keep that, that you know, that fresh. You know, yeah, why, why mean, go to a store and not steal unless it's like a mom and pop or a local? I place. used to steal all of my lipstick from Walmart. Of course. When I was in college, should. I never paid for makeup. I just stole it from Walmart. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. And it doesn't matter. Probably. No, I watched I'm a sure kid steal, steal a whole skateboard. I was at Walmart with my mom and a kid stole <laughs> a skateboard. The mom was like, where did you get that? He was like, I bought it. She was like, no, you didn't. You don't have your wallet with you. It's in the car. And he was like, yeah, I did. And then like the store people didn't do anything. And the mom was like, my son stole this skateboard. Aren't you going to take it from him? And then they ended up just leaving anyway. And I don't think they returned the skateboard. What a narc. That was the last Um, time I was in Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that stealing is bad for the uh, low-wage worker. I don't know to what extent that that's true because I hear different things from different sources. Um but I just try not to steal big things, just little things, you know? 
Yeah, like a lipstick. Can... Exactly. Like something you could conceivably steal by accident. Yeah, I didn't mean to put it in my pocket or peel exactly. off this barcode. <laughs> uh, oh, I accidentally typed in four avocados because I knew that you weren't going to check how many. I just didn't know how to go no, back but... and put in five. <laughs> um, right, exactly. I already printed it. Uh, let me take a big swig of this delicious liquid that I call water, and then we <laughs> will be joined by it. <laughs> That's what I call it. Let, and then we'll be joined by a guest, and we'll talk about this week's album. H2, right. okay. And we're back. Um, thanks for not leaving during the brief musical interlude. Um, we are going to be talking about the Cosmonaut cassettes today. Um, and to talk about that, just give a little explanation. We have the man behind the music himself, Joseph Limber. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. We're good. We're good. Um, Katie had a question. Uh, just a little, just something to ask you before we got into the the album. Sure, yeah, yeah. Just to really, really put us in the same camp, you know. What's the most expensive thing that you've stolen? Hmm. Um, probably a road sign. I stole a road <laughs> sign in college, and I hang it um on my wall in Richmond. Um, it was already falling off, so like they did most of the work for me. Mm-hmm. And it was in pretty bad mm-hmm. shape, so I didn't feel like they were going to get much use out of it. But I can't imagine those are cheap. Or or what, you don't have to say exactly what it is, but like what, is it like a, a sign that just says like this street? Or is it like a stop sign or like it's a... It's like one of the big green street signs that you cool. see across it. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're so much bigger when you're not sitting in your car looking at them. They're so huge, yeah. it's it's It goes from like my head to like below my waist. Yeah. Wow. That's I had a good one. That's I, a good story. There are these, there are these, there was these big cargo boxes that like you find in, um, on a train in the parking lot and they were like right next to each other and I could barely fit in between them. Um, and I, I couldn't bring this road sign into the school all day. So what I did was I left it like in between two of those cargo boxes. Um, and I retrieved it when I went home afterwards. Wow. So it just stayed there for you. Yeah. That's oh, it was really heavy. Great. No one else was going to notice. What What was That's the most true. expensive thing you stole? So back in the day when you needed a ticket for Greyhound, I found out that if you just scanned your ticket in to your computer, because you usually printed them off or they were actually on that like glossy paper. So I scanned mm-hmm. it into my computer and I just put a text box over the time and date of my departure. And I would just, oh I would God. just print a new one on glossy photo paper and they would just let me onto buses. So I like never paid to visit my boyfriend in college. Holy wow. shit. That's amazing. That's yeah, really they, you, good. you can't do that anymore because it's all digital. But yeah, I probably, I saved so much money in Greyhound tickets going to visit. Like I dated a guy that lived in Kingston and that's what I would do. Yeah. That's like a, what, six, seven hour bus ride. Yeah, it's yeah, and you know, it's like a it's like a forty dollar train ticket or yeah. bus ticket, which isn't that bad, but like still over time, like there and there and incredible. back. Yeah, so I did it for like mm-hmm. uh 
like multiple times this summer we were dating. So I don't know, probably eight or nine times in total. My goodness. And I was going to try really it for a bus solid. trip to D.C. once, but then I chickened out at the last minute. I was a, I was a sneaky, sneaky 18-year-old. <laughs> That's great. I love that. What about, what about you? Evan? Yeah, what about you? Uh, I have not been stealing for very long, and I'm very scared of stealing. So I'm tr- I I don't know if there's anything like a, a few months ago Sarah Ali and I we went looking for chocolate oranges and we just went to like six or seven different stores and every time we were in a store we stole a couple candy bars or something just like I if we can't find what we're looking for we're going to take something else so it was like not not any big thing but it was just like if we're going to go to a store Let's just steal something small every well, time. And so it's kind of no, what? What you're doing is you're training them because what they'll realize is that if they don't have the chocolate oranges is that they get their candy bars stolen. <laughs> and so maybe the next time you show up, they'll have the chocolate oranges. And it's, it's like training a dog. They did eventually. Yeah, yeah. we classically conditioned Walmart uh, <laughs> and Topps Market. But yeah, Tops. like I don't have any... Big like stolen things as far as I can um as far as I, can, I mean I might just be completely forgetting or I might have stolen something and not realized it. Like mm. I feel like that's a lot more that's likely. Happened to me so many- um, I do like that you do it every time. Oh sorry, go ahead. The, that that was a thing that happened with uh me and the the last girl I was dating. Uh a few times where uh, I would forget to scan something and she wouldn't say anything. And all of a sudden, just after we'd get out of the uh, the, the checkout line, she'd be very agitated, be uh, rushing me, and I wouldn't get why until after, and then she'd point it out. Oh, <laughs> that's, see, that's different. That's I so dated good. a guy who was like, we went on a trip to D.C. together, and he stole two magnets from every gift shop, from everything we went to, that's and was like, here, these wow. are our souvenirs. Yeah. My God. Um, <laughs> How many magnets did he have on his fridge by the end? Um, well, yeah, so every travel, cause we traveled a lot. This was Greg, uh, Evan, uh, oh, yeah. every travel magnet I have, which is like, I think we visited like 20 States or something that year. Um, I have a magnet from every place we went to and they were all stolen. He and stole this is on like, top of your Greyhound ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, bad, bad influences <laughs> or the best. I mean, <laughs> similarly to Jimber's thing, the first time, that I went to the store with Sarah to get something, I was getting like multiple of the same thing. Like I was getting poster board and I just like didn't scan all of them. And Sarah was like, oh, Evan, you forgot to scan. And I was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and that was <laughs> the I was starter like, drug. That was the starter drug. It was the gateway. Folks, yeah. I was just like, shh, we're good. Not even hey, those kids. Don't tell any, you know. But they don't know, um, and so it's just like, just immediately with it, mm-hmm. you know, because like she's an older sister, so she's like on that for yes. all of her yes. siblings. So you know, you got to be the responsible one. And now uh, I am telling her not to do that. Yep. <laughs> just be worse. Um, mm, yeah, I mean, do we wanna... you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. I do not condone this, by the way. I am a teacher. I no, don't steal. This. I've never don't stolen steal. a thing in my life. I have never committed a sin in yeah. my life. Wow. No Pizza My Heart and Joseph Limber come out against stealing in all Every situations. We dare you 
to pay for your goods. If you steal a single loaf of bread, you should go to jail for 20 years. That's my take. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, that sounds miserable. <laughs> anyway, you want to get into uh, cosmonaut cassettes? Do you want to just like, because uh, I think you've got to go in a couple minutes. We're, you're just stopping yeah. in for a bit. Um, so do you want to just like tell us the main concept of the sure. album? And um, like, so we're going to talk about Alpha Lease Extension. Uh, I can't believe they defunded the DER and uh, the first breezy Which, day. There is one thing I do want to get on on top. I, I named I Can't yeah. Believe They Defunded the DER long before this June and long before the term defunded was really a hot button thing in our discourse. <laughs> and I want you to know that my opinion on how much they should defund the DER has nothing to do with how much they should defund other things. Just want to get that out. Okay. I got okay. you. Okay. That's yeah. praxis. Um, so you can just like give us an intro on uh, what your concept is for the album uh, and then just a little quick breakdown for each of those cool. songs. So the concept of the album is uh, innately uh, connected to the concept of the band, the Cosmonaut Cassettes, which is essentially the idea is um, I'm super interested in like there's a lot of information that we lost um because of the Iron Curtain with the USSR. And there's all this sort of information that then they lost as their government was falling apart. And you, and there's something really cool about their aesthetics mixed with the sort of the, the dissolving and the desecration that you see as these systems started to fail. Um, and I'm super interested in, in space. Um, so I had this idea of, well, hmm, what if in the 60s, they found something alien or mysterious and they never told anyone because, you know, uh, they're famous for keeping their secrets. Um, and I imagined these, these cassette tapes and them all having these mysterious stories that sounded kind of otherworldly from another time. Um, and some of them told the future. And then the idea is that they all like, were lost as the USSR's space program and then the USSR itself collapsed. And so now in the fiction of the, you know, the band, I'm this guy who is finding, collecting and restoring these cassettes, which tell stories about the past and future. Um, and the first story that I wanted to tell, the one that basically I'd been trying to write since I started writing songs, is the thing that keeps me up at night. So, <laughs> we are currently revolving around a sun. The sun gives us energy, it gives us life, it holds our planet in balance. Um, it's, we need it. But someday, that sun isn't going to exist. And it's going to die one of a couple of ways, but no matter what, Earth is going to be um, fucked. We are not going to be able to live here. And we are going to need to take this species, which is famous for not getting along and not being able to compromise on things. We're going to need to find a way to get off of this planet. Um, and I wanted to tell the story of how that would happen. And through that, I was able to tell a lot of my opinions, uh, a couple of my opinions about politics, some, I, some, some bringing some inspiration from religion, and uh, mostly just my musings on humanity. And that was the story I wanted. Awesome. Very Thank cool. You. Yeah. Love the concept. 
feels uh, like a mix of I, like House of Leaves and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Thank you. I, I I've, I've heard of House of Leaves, and from what <laughs> I've heard, it should be entirely my shit. I just haven't gotten into it yet. That it's it's a it's a nice compliment. I'm sorry you didn't get no, it. No, I appreciate it. No, it's it. fine. I've, I've I'm it's sure good. it's. I'm sure there's. Yeah, there are people who are listening and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Nice one, Katie. That's just not me because I don't know. It's just <laughs> the just only way I know how to explain it. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, um, house of Leaves, yeah. So Navidson is this dude who finds basically their house has a labyrinth in it, and the whole book is this other guy kind of breaking down that footage and explaining it, but also having his own existential crisis. And then in Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, people were sent to a different planet because the world was ending. And the only things coming back were their lookalike androids that were previously on the planet. And so the people left on Earth like have to deal with that. Um, so, yeah. Very uh, cool. I'll, I'll I'll I'm very, uh, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I thought it was good. I'm sorry it was so bad. No, but. no, no, I wasn't saying it was bad. I just, I don't know, <laughs> you know? It was just funny. Evan was very quiet, and Jacob was like, wait, did I get your name right? Yeah, Joseph. I did. Okay, Joseph. No, Shit. it's Joseph. Sorry, Joseph was like, um... Come on, Katie. The- <laughs> Actually, no, my legal name is Chimbers. <laughs> well, that's what, I, that's what I was referring to for a while before Evan told me your name. But, right, I think and- that's the thing is, I call you, I, it is so difficult for me to think of you as quote unquote joseph that i only say your name as jimbers and then people don't ever know what your actual name is uh (laughs) which is my fault um but yeah his thank you was just so thank you and i was like oh shit what have i done but okay no you're good you're good um yeah so let's just jump right in and Tell us about Alpha Lease Extension. So Alpha Lease Extension, obviously the title. If you know the mountain goats, uh, Alpha Lease Extension refers to this couple, this incredibly dysfunctional couple that shows up in a lot of their albums. Um, I didn't sit down and want to write a, a song about these characters by this other band. But when I finished it, like I listened back to my demo and I was like, I cannot name it anything else. If I if I try to just name it mm-hmm. these extension blues, that would feel like I'm not citing my source. So it's probably one of the better songs on it, partially because I wrote it like two to three years before I put out the album. And I've had two to three years to mess with it and tweak it. Like the whole intro bit is is something that I've developed over like two years. And I just I'm pretty proud of it.
All right. Katie, what do you what do you think? Um, well, you know, the first thought I had when I listened to this was like, oh, you know what? He did a good job of making this sound like a cassette. Mm-hmm. Um, my second thought was, oh, this person loves the mountain goats. <laughs> Both of those are true. Um, this was recorded onto a cassette. Oh, chill. So that's why it sounds like it. Yeah. Okay. I just figured that was like in post magic. No. But that's really Not cool. Not as far as I know. Yeah. Nice. I know you don't like cassettes. I don't like cassettes as a way of like listening to media that is available through other formats. Like mm. it doesn't make sense to me to put a, a like super well-produced album onto a cassette, you know? Yeah. But like if it was recorded into a cassette and then produced as cassettes, I don't really see as much of an issue with that because it's like... Like in this case, the artist is trying to do something purposeful mm-hmm. with the cassette because that ties into the whole concept of these being found tapes, right? Mm-hmm. But just like taking your bedroom pop album and re- releasing it on cassette tapes because like hipsters like to have a physical object, you know, that <laughs> um, it's different, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm still not going to buy the cassette for this, but whatever, you know. But what if you were given one? It makes more sense. That'd be fine. You know, I'll always take a cassette. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think cassettes aren't cool. It's just like if I'm going to get a cassette, I want it to have been released on cassette when cassettes were in use. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's not what we're here to talk about. No. <laughs> um, um, yeah. I mean, this is very much so incredibly Mountain Goods influenced. I mean, like that's how Joseph and I know each other is through Mountain Goats fan community. And, uh, you know, it, sh- it shows in both of our musics, especially with song construction and chord choice and, and things like that. And um, I don't know. I think a- as far as, like, following this kind of through line that the Mountain Goats have established, I think he does a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I thought it sounded exactly like the Mountain Goats, but not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I thought it was a good influence. I know that you know this person, and I was kind of like, oh, that's why. But knowing the story behind the narration of this and like the through line that it's taking, I think that it's such an interesting way to start, especially with that audio clip, um, which is done mm-hmm. really well. It does sound like he's talking to someone on the phone. And I just think it's like an interesting way to start, especially knowing that it's because like humanity has to go to a new planet and like the um, the chorus, I suppose, is the part that like repeats what a shame uh, and it's just interesting because that's kind of like, yeah, it is a shame. You all have to leave your planet. I don't know. So I just like that. I really liked the chorus, but I'm a really big fan yeah. of repetition as a device. And I think that this song uses that really well. And not just because like I couldn't think of something. It's just like you don't need a bunch of stuff in the chorus because the verses are so diverse and in their storytelling that mm-hmm. you don't you don't need something different happening in the chorus. You just need to like make a through line. And so I think that that's done really well. Oh, big agree. I mean, it's it's catchy. It is a very Mountain Goat style chorus uh, with it being, you know, repetitions of four. And then uh, uh, he brings it back, the, the what a shame part in uh, the song Final Impact, which is track 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he reprises it there. And I think it's like, I don't know, it's, it's like a, it's a very good motif. And it's, it's, a, it's a kind of, it's a phrase that you just like, it's very easy to yell, you know? It's very yeah. easy to get into it. I can see people in an audience, like with their beer in hand, like swaying and screaming, "What a shame!" Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I can definitely see that atmosphere for sure. Just so relatable. And I do like, you're right, when it comes back later, it is nice. I really appreciate when songs reference other things to kind of create a world. Like, oh, this is something that's happening in this world. Like, this is a phrase that is being used often in this time period yes. of this world. So I do like when songs are self-referential. Um, so I think that's nice. I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. And like other artists who are trying to create a story or an alternative reality through their work. Yeah, Sydney Gish does that on No Dogs Allowed. Oh, I think it's These Sweet Instincts Ruin My Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, These Sweet Instincts Ruin, ruin my, my Life. life. And that's in I Eat Salads Now and then in Imposter Syndrome. And uh, Jimbers, who, who I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to say Joseph, but we all call him Jimbers. Joseph Limber of the band The Cosmonaut Cassettes um, is a huge fan of Sydney Gish. He's actually the person through whom I became a fan of Sidney Gish. So oh. uh, I definitely feel like he probably picked up that the idea of doing that from her. Uh, and I think he did a really good job of it. Cool. Yeah, I would agree. Hundo. Let's move on to I Can't <laughs> Believe They Defunded the D-E-R. I can't believe it's not butter. D-E-R. <laughs> One of our friends actually made a an edit of that. I'll find it while we're listening to it. It's really good. Okay. The D-E-R, um, I was actually talking to one of my friends about this, but a lot of times my song titles will be a line that like was in an early version of the song that I couldn't get into it. And there was an original version of the song that had a line that was like, the people in power defunded the Department of Evacuation Research. And that's what D-E-R stands for. Um, I think the climate change analogy is pretty obvious. I was also thinking about a lot of what the stuff that I was learning about urban planning and how we are basically, we've, past generations sort of painted us into corners, both with bad urbanism and uh, a heck of a lot of racism in the decisions about how we built our cities. And we're, we're trying to figure out how to paint out of that. And because everyone, it feels like everyone older than us isn't listening or is dismissing the problems that exist, it feels like we have to solve these problems before we're out of our 30s. And that's sort of the feeling I was trying to catch. Physics and logistics and statistics First thing that I just want to say is uh, that I recorded the bass on this song, and there's no conflict of interest. So if I talk about how much I like the bass line, that is completely unrelated to the fact that I was the one who recorded it. 
Well, you know, I I was going to say, like, I feel like this bassist doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, (laughs) they were, I could just tell they were daydreaming. Like, it sucked. He needs to be fired. (laughs) My first and last album with Cosmonaut Cassettes. Um, I'm just teasing. No, I don't. Uh, very good though. <laughs> Thank no, you. No, I just I really like this song. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it it absolutely bops, um, and I, I like the the physics and logistics and statistics and characteristics is such like a it's it's a, you know a group of words that make sense together and they sound good together, but like it's so cool to see them put together in a context of a song that sounds like this where it's like not kind of like a gimmick like a lot of the times when you hear words like that it's in a gimmick song where someone's trying to talk about science but it's just kind of like someone who thinks in scientific terms talking about something else and i think that that's a really cool that's a really cool like lyrical quirk i don't know if it's a quirk or just like a I, it's like a it's a way that joseph's brain works that is different to other songwriters and i think that you get something like really cool um, from like thinking about how, how he's thinking about the context and like writing, like how would this person, this person who is like clearly scientifically minded, how would they phrase this? You know, because it's, it wouldn't be the same way that a singer songwriter would. And I think being able to get to that space is like really cool. Um, and then, you know, also throwing in phrases like one hell of a foundation. I think it's like a really cool, you know, yeah, I actually, you know the song by R.E.M., It's the End of the World as We Know It? Yeah. It became Classic. popular again, you know, during 2020. Um, Classic. This song reminded me of like a folk version of that song. <laughs> yeah. And I was really into it because there was a line and I wrote it down. I think I got it right because I'm not reading the lyrics. But it said, I don't doubt humanity's resolved. And I just thought that was so like... Wow, like, like typical, like hippie too high experience, but I'm not any of those things, but I was just like, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. That makes so much sense. It's such a nice sentence to see written and heard. Um, (laughs) and I really liked that lyric. It really stuck out to me. Yeah. One of my other favorite things is there's a bit like two thirds, three fourths of the way into the song where it's like, as if the the tape got damaged. Yes, and I wrote that it down. It sort of like goes out. That's really cool. I like that. Not only that, but did you notice that in the beginning there's like very low mumbling TV before the song starts? No, I didn't. I did because I was like, oh my God, what is that feedback? Like, is my roommate watching something really loud? But the living room's so far from my bedroom. And then the start song's off with like TV in the background. And yeah. I was like, no, he didn't. That's such a great, ugh, yes. There was TV in the background at the beginning of this song, whether Mm -hmm. it was done on purpose or on accident because he was recording in his home to cassette. Like I'm there for it because it fits really well with the first line. And I kind of I feel like you should go back and listen to just the beginning because maybe I'm crazy. I'm going to go back and Uh, listen to just the beginning. I did just do that. I mean, it just sounds like room noise, like there's like a a grinding of the cassette recorder or the boom box. But it's like that can be interpreted as a TV buzz, you know, 
Well, shit, man. I heard like actual TV, but maybe maybe somebody in my building was watching something really loud and it will be feedback that the noise gate cuts out on my end. Maybe. Yeah, maybe there are just people watching TV in the background of your life. There might be. Maybe I'm just losing my mind. Yeah. It's probably the DAR. Um, upset that I made a joke. Turned on my brain antenna so I can be tracked. Yeah. The daughters of the American Revolution really know how to get to your brain via microwaves. They're very powerful people. They speak to people really through are. their cavities all the time. A classic move. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about the first breezy day? And then we'll wrap this whole whole shebang up. First breezy day is a love song. Um, it's a love song to a wife that died. It's a love song to a daughter. Both of them fictional, by the way. I've never had a wife. Um, it's about starting new beginnings and how exciting that is and how terrifying it is. These people, you know, by the time they get there, they've gotten to the next planet and they've just, they've realized they, they can start something here. And that's beautiful and it's terrifying. And they had to leave people behind. And it's just a lot. Like, I feel like that first day would just be a lot. And that's what I wanted to capture with this. dead people really no you know what they those. always remind me of the same thing and the guy from the microphones <laughs> mount eerie yeah when his wife died he wrote this like album uh, i saw a crow looking at me i think is the title of it uh it's just so sad there's like a le- there's like a song that's about him getting the mail and there's a package addressed to his wife who died like four days prior And I don't know, that whole album is just so sad and it explores grief. And this song kind of follows that same thing. So I wonder if he's listened to that album at all or if that was somehow inspiration or somehow came into this. But also I know that the whole thing is very like sci-fi oriented. And usually uh, in a a story like Mm -hmm. that, somebody important usually always dies. And then the people at the end of the movie have to learn how to live without them. And there's usually a moment that is happy but sad, which is what this song he said seems to be evoking, and I think does. Like, it's your first breezy day without the person that you might have had your breezy day with. And so it's new, but not necessarily a happy new, but also like a contentedness new. Like listening to your song, you know, after a bad breakup or something for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like we escaped the dying planet 
but also my wife died. It's a you're yeah. gonna have mixed feelings. Yeah. You know? Like I guess like he has a child so they can continue on and you know, his wife maybe will live on, you know, yeah. through their daughter, but at the same point it's just like, uh, oh, now you have to be a parent alone and I don't know, my my sister's pregnant, so I think of these things more as I get older and like, yeah, touching. Mm-hmm. And a nice way to end the end the cassette. Yeah, especially when it starts with a, you know, yeah. a yeah. breakup song. <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, I really love the description in the first couple verses. Um, our daughter tries to make sense of gravity. It refuses to behave. She kicks against the ground, drifts further than she thought she would. One day she'll cross its surface with a mastery I'll not. And I think that that does, I mean, that... You can and I, I like because the daughter seems, you know, we don't we don't know like what her age is, but like making sense of gravity, like kicking against the ground and drifting, you know, further than you think you will, like does a really good good job does a really good job of establishing like this literal planet is different, but also you can interpret all of those as like how a kid rebels yeah. after a tragedy, um, you know, and. I, I don't know, like the 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 chorus. I don't think she'll remember when the sky above was blue. It's a it's a line that sort of like if you're not paying attention to it, it's like yeah, that's really beautiful. But then you, as soon as you think about it, you're like, hold on, what? Wait, what does that mean? And then with the context that it's like on a new planet, you know, it's like, oh, this kid is it is it is going to remember only knowing this home, and you know, but I can choose everything from before that as what she's going to remember because you can basically if you tell kids about their past they will store that as actual memories and like it's entirely possible that like with the nightly stories she's gonna remember her mother you know in a way that she doesn't actually but has internalized and i mean that's like a beautiful sentiment like is is to give your child the ability to have memories of a parent that they lost before their brain. Yeah. I mean, all of the lyrics have double Um, meanings, right? Like gravity uh, uh, could be the gravity of the situation, could be the gravity on the planet. Right. And blue sky also is like a synonym Mm -hmm. for like better days or like when things were easy or when things are good. So like, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. The word, I know you value wordplay. So the, the the double meanings there, the wordplay, I thought was really, you know, impressive lyric writing. I'm like, I doubt mm-hmm. those yeah, things happened really on accident, you know? So. No. Um, and even All if they do, the it's like, I mean, when you, when you, yeah, when you write things like that, um, a lot of the times those just show up because of how, how well you're representing like if you represent a situation really fairly and nuanced uh if you represent a situation if you represent a situation really fairly and with nuance a lot of the times it makes it easier to like hear what you want in it and you end up in situations where it's like oh that's the right word for it and the reason it's the right word for it is because you could interpret it a different way and sometimes that happens even if you don't mean it to but I think that you're right. There's like enough of it in here that it kind of just feels right. 
like you write it and it's like when the sky above was blue, you know, it just, it feels yeah. like the right yeah. thing to say. And yeah. And a, a, a retrospective and introspective note to kind of come to an end on this podcast. I do want to say before yeah. we do that though, that right. if you listen to this album, which you should listeners, the album art is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I love it. It reminds me of something I would have drawn on a notebook if I were alive in the eighties. Um, but I wasn't and it's, mm -hmm. it's great. I love it. I love that. It's like the sun potentially dying and like this winking spectral thing in the, in the airwaves, like floating. I really appreciate the album art. Yeah. So it's like, it's a rocket flying oh, away. From I thought a it was like a planet. face winking. I thought it was, I thought it was it like, a big ghost like a big ghost face winking. Like you've done it. <laughs> We are. I thought that was the cosmonaut. Like I thought the the tapes that were recorded of this like secret. I thought that 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 absence of oh, of wow. lines indicated a being, and that was the secret. Like that was the thing narrating. Whoa. Well, I think your answer Maybe was better, but you know what? I like my interpretation more. I think yours <laughs> was probably correct, but I think I like my interpretation more. And so I'm gonna ask. Joseph Limber, will you valid. please change the meaning of your album cover and uh, please attest that it is a winking spectral face and all further interviews. It does look like a, it does kind of look like a winking, like mutant from fallout. Yeah. I, I love it. it. I love it a little best now that I, like the illusion has been removed and I see the rocket, but I'm going to keep it as is. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the the other cool thing about this album is that uh, Joseph had some of his pals uh, contribute tracks to it. So track four is a song that I wrote for it. Uh, track seven was written, performed by Pure Mothman. I like that track a lot. Um, that's Jan, who joined us in our episode about uh, Francis Quinlan's Likewise. And um, Ticket People is our friend Hompus. Hompus also contributed a bunch of um, instrumentals to the to the album and i believe he mixed and mastered the majority of the songs as well um and he's Ooh. he's really talented so um yeah it came together really it's a really cool project and it like despite being recorded into a cassette it still has all this cool stuff going on around it you know yeah it's definitely um, which, which is i i mean to say that it doesn't sound like it's Look, we get just it. Cassette you hate recording. cassettes. Like there's things that break that up, you know. No, all I'm saying is that it's not no, I, a monotonous I'm, sound, even though it's I'm a teasing. stylized I think you're overcompensating because you hate cassettes. I know. <laughs> no, you're very nice. nice it's it um, is a fun project. And it's a nice listen them. on like a kind of like a dreary day. It's like good music to just have on while you're doing stuff. And you can kind of tune in and tune yeah, out, but sure. like if you don't want it to distract you, it, it doesn't. It's gentle enough that you can like relax with it. Um, but also, if you want, if you want to pay more attention and really yeah. get the full experience of the story, you can definitely tune in and you know have that. And every time you listen to it, actually, you start to put things together a little bit more. And now that we actually talked to Joseph, like I feel like if I were to listen to the thing in full again, I would have you know even a richer depth to that story and maybe even start creating characters in my own psyche. So it's yeah. a fun, it's a fun, it's definitely a fun project. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on pizza. My heart. Um, it was, was a lot of fun. 
And we will be back in two weeks, I believe, to talk about Comfy's Please. new album, the, the first band we ever talked yeah. about on and by on request. An uh, and they we'll asked be, us to talk about their oh, new awesome. album. Um, heck yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Evan out of 10 uh, as T-E-N on Twitter or one zero on Instagram. You can find Katie. You can find Katie at cherubsandwich.avi on Instagram. And you can follow us on Instagram at pizzamyheartpod. Follow us on Spotify if you're listening there. Uh, subscribe on iTunes if you're listening there. Leave a review. That's really helpful. And um, let us know yeah. what you want us to talk about uh, as far as bands that you think people don't know you... about and need to. Anything no, else you want to say I before we I love that you called me K8 and then like corrected yourself. <laughs> I just, my, no, okay. I need to drink some more water. My, but my yeah, definitely send us some me. requests because, you know, Evan and I have our own personal taste. So sometimes that's what we're drawn to. But when other people tell us to give things a listen, like that's, to, that's very fun. It's very fun to, you know, listen and talk about something that, um, listen to and talk about something that I wouldn't normally, well, first I wouldn't have known about without you. And second of all is, you know, out of my comfort zone so I can continue yeah. to expand and grow in this new year. But that's it. Yeah. So you know what? Awesome. They should uh, take another little pizza my heart now, Pizza baby. my heart now, And don't baby. forget to, s- to jam your hat. Pizzazz, Pizzazz. your hat. Shazam your hat. <laughs> Jesus. Come on. Yeah.